Good morning and welcome to Manna here with Ron, Pastor Ron at Lighthouse. So glad that you've chosen to join me. Um, let's pray and then we're going to get into our study because there's a little bit of weight to this study, but um, I want to encourage you um, that there's also freedom in this study. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you're a God of grace and a God of mercy. And it is by your grace, as your word declares, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves is not something that we can do to earn your favor, but it is the gift of God that no man will boast. Oh, dear God, that our boasting will be in who you are and what you have done to redeem us. Bless you, O oh God. For Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. You know, there's a difficult um, or a heaviness in the, the things that have been taking place in the nation of Israel as we keep our eyes on Israel um, for good reason, because there is prophetic truth that is established by those that have evidence of fulfillment of prophecy that the confidence of their future prophecies would be fulfilled as well. And that's the confidence we have about who Christ is, that's, who, that's what Christ did for us, but of that which is written in the Word of God. Because all, um, as it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures God breathed is provided by the Spirit of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be equipped, thoroughly equipped, for every good work. The good works are the things that God has for us, but first we must have him in our lives. So as we as we wrestle with some of this atrocity that's taking place, and of course then the, the ridiculous nature of, of, of bombings and then blaming the innocent, uh, blaming Israel, oh, they did that, you know, and of course that's that came from the garden, you know, of, of deflecting, you know, blaming somebody else. That's the nature of sin. And so where does that come from? That comes from the deceiver, folks. Um, so anyway, um, what's, what's the nature of that? Well, that nature of that is, is this, this desperately wicked nature of our own hearts and, and who can know them. But, you know, without that redemption, they get darker and darker. So we've been reading about that in Proverbs chapter 30. And so let's just highlight it really quick. It starts out in verse 11. It says, there are those who curse their fathers and don't bless their mothers. So they're, they're defiant. Um, there are those who are clean in their own eyes but are not washed of their filth. And so they're indifferent to the things that they do. Um, there are those, how lofty are their eyes and how, and how high their eyelids lift. You know, they're, they're arrogant. They're full of pride. And of course, there are those whose teeth are swords and fangs are knives to devour the poor from off the earth, the needy from among mankind. They're oppressive, you know. They, and, and of course, as we continue to read on, they're never satisfied. The leech has two daughters. Give, give. These three things are never satisfied. Four, never say enough. Shale and the barren womb and the land satisfied with water and the fire that never says enough. Judgment that says, oh, bring me more, you know. Um, and then, of course, it's, it's this arrogance towards authority. Um, 
the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother. There's a consequence to that. This says, in God's word, it says, we'll be plucked out by the ravens um, of the valley and eaten by vultures. You know, they create their own form of self-destruction. It's common. Um, it's, it's not as though it's unnoticed at all by God. But then the writer goes into four things that they do not understand. The marvelous things, of course, the eagle in the sky is it waves back and forth, flies back and forth, and of course, the serpent on a rock, the way of a ship in high seas, and the way of a man with a virgin, you know, one full of lust and just purpose to just satisfy himself, and we've talked about that. But, but then there's also in verse 20, this is the way of an adulteress, you know, that, that an adulteress doesn't just become an adulteress, oh, I'm going to grow up to be an adulteress. No, it's a process. It's a, it's a way of happening that it's like, how do I deal with this, this heartache within me, you know, and, 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 and how sin wants to reshape us into a different identity, the identity that it gives to us. Um, and so what's its attitude? This is the way that we of an adulteress, she eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wrong. Such self-deception. Verse 21, under three things, the earth trembles. Under four, it cannot bear up. A slave when he becomes king and a fool when he is filled with food. An unloved woman when she gets a husband and a maidservant when she displaces her mistress. So what are we talking about? You know, we are talking about those that are not equipped to be in those places, um, but they, they find themselves in those, those places because of things that take place that put them in places that they ought not to be. Um, they don't know how to rule well, um, not manage people or know how to manage themselves. And they're, they're smothering. That's, you know, an unloved woman when she gets a husband, you know, I pity the, the, the poor guy, but, um, the, the, the difficult thing, the things that four cannot bear up is when a maidservant, when she displaces her mistress, that how does a maidservant displace her mistress? Well, I'm telling you, she uses enticement. That's what she does. She uses enticement with her body. And of course, she preys upon the lust of a man. And, and foolishly, um, men can be drawn into that and make choices that are devastating. And we can read in history you know, lives that are devastated because of those actions of men. Um, but yet it's the action of a woman as well. And, and, and so it, it, it destroys families. It destroys generations. Um, but can the cycle be broken? And the answer is, hang on, we're going to get to that because there's still good news. There's still hope. Um, but let's learn something from what we have in verse 24 um, through 28. It says, four things on earth are small, but they are exceedingly wise. Oh, we can learn from these four things. One, the ants are a people, not strong, yet they provide their food in their summer. Man, they're diligent. Um, the rock badgers are a people not mighty, yet they make their homes in cliffs. They know where the protection is. They, they know how to shield themselves. The locusts have no king, yet all of them march in rank. There's order to their lives. Um, the lizard you can take in your hands, um, yet it is in king's palaces. Um, there's that, that, that thing that a, a lizard has this uncanny um, uniqueness of humility and trust is the big uh, word that we need to recognize is, is, you know, is there a nature to those who are not part of the things of darkness 
but are the things of light. And, and what brings us to that place? Well, let's keep reading, and we're going to get there. Um, verse 29, three things are stately in their tread, four are stately in their stride. The lion, which is mightiest among beasts and does not turn back before any, the strutting rooster, the he-goat, and a king whose army is with him. Yet there are those who are stately and they um, are self-sufficient, um, but yet the conclusion is given to us in verse 32. It says, if you have been foolish, all of this that we've just described, saying, man, if anything points to the fact that you have been foolish, exalting yourself, or if you have been devising evil, put your hand on your mouth. It's like, stop, stop. And then it gives the conclusion that if you don't, for pressing milk produces curds, pressing the nose the nose produces blood, and pressing anger produces strife. That there are consequences to being foolish, exalting yourself. Um, and, and it's like there is a place to stop, and that place to stop is, is to turn to the one who is able to deliver us, to change us, our hearts and our minds. Um, Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and he says this, this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So we come to that knowledge of truth. And so what is it? For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. There's not a church. There's not a prophet. There's not a, anybody who proclaims themselves to be something. They're not. There is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. It's, the, it's God speaking boldly is through Christ and Christ alone. Um, there, there is no other. So the question is, is which is greater, the testimony of God or the testimony of man? Well, God's word answers that question. It says in 1 John 5, verse 9, If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God, that He has borne concerning His Son, that He has made known. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in Himself. And whoever does not believe God has made Him a liar, because He has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning His Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. He changed us to have a new life, and this life is in His Son. It's in Christ and Christ alone. He changes us. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son of God does not have the life. Plain and simple, black and white. You can't change it up. You can't pretend to make Jesus into something that He's not. No, He's God who became a man to save man from his sins. He's Emmanuel, God with us. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I know that I have eternal life. I hope that you know that you have eternal life. It's important, more important than ever before in life today, that you be sure of your eternity because we don't know that we have tomorrow. God bless you all, and thank you so much for joining me. And I pray that you would receive Christ as your Lord and Savior today, to ask him to forgive you for your sins, to come into your life to be your Lord and Savior, and to live redeemed according to the testimony of God, which is Jesus Christ.
Amen. God bless you all and thanks for joining me.